Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride. And today is our second show in 2022. Um... And I thought today would be a good day to complete our beginning of the view or overview of what's going to happen here in 2022 um, as we started at the end of the year, end of last year, with uh, part one. And we looked mostly at Pluto, and then uh, uh, we looked at Neptune here in early January. And we're going to finish off here in January with looking at the planet Uranus. And then I'll consider other topics and, and uh, things to discuss in future episodes. Um, so just a little business first. Um, we all have been waiting for 40 days and 40 nights for Venus to turn direct, and it did so uh, on January the 29th. So we're, we're now moving forward with Venus. And later this week on February the 3rd, Mercury will turn direct as well. Um, and so we'll have all the planets moving direct for some time until Pluto turns in about, oh, about three months or so. Um, and then, of course, we have a new moon this week on February the 1st. So there's a lot happening you know, today, today, in the next few days out there. And uh, we all feel those shifts and changes to varying degrees. Um, uh, and, of course, if you uh, want to reach me for whatever reason, you can always just email me at my email address, which is my name, Bill Atride. That's B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com. Or you can look at for me on various social media platforms and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff and uh, find me there and find contact me there. And if you wish to ask a question of me or suggest a topic for a show or if you're looking for uh, suggestions for reading materials because I have an extensive library and astrology and metaphysical subjects and that can be quite illuminating. Or if you uh, want to get a reading, which is what I do, um, give me a call or shoot me an email and I will do what I can for you. Okay. Um, and then, of course, later after I do my little talk here on Uranus, um, we're, I'm open the airways for all of you to call in and you're all hanging on there already, as I see. Uh, and uh, I will take care of you one after the other. And all I would need is you to just give me your name when I call on you. I'll probably try to mention your area code um, as I do so, and then just give me your first name. If you want to give me your full name, that's fine. Uh, and your question. And if your question is about um, your chart or someone else's chart, I would need at least their birth date or your birth date and a place of birth. And of course, if you have time of birth, then I can do more. Um, so that's what we'll do in the second half of our hour here today. So as I said, today we're going to consider that third of the triad of spirit, which is the planet Uranus. And so let's continue. What we've been doing is looking at this uh, influence of uh, Pluto going through Capricorn, combined then with Neptune moving through either Virgo and uh, Pisces, as we have it right now, and want to see what we could learn from looking at the planet Uranus. So 
Today, we will complete our initial overview then of 2022 uh, by considering the third of the outer planets, Uranus. Um, in truth, I find it quite impossible to understand any one of the three outer planets without the very, the very same time holding in my mind the other two. They are for me, or they form, as I've often said or mentioned, what I call the triad of spirit. Their individual meanings can only be truly understood when you also hold the other two as well, as they each contribute to one another, forming an integral whole that inspire and guide our spiritual awakening. One example of their interdependency and interrelationship is simply to be found in their relative positions with one another. It is quite extraordinary how their orbital ratios form a perfect numeral progression or resonance pattern. This is so clear when we arrange them in their relative position from us, that is, moving from Uranus out to Neptune to Pluto. Uranus's orbit is 84 years, and Neptune's orbit is really about twice that at 164. And then Pluto is three times Uranus, or 248 years. So that means they form a progression in years of one to two to three. Since these planets are what we would call the sacred three beyond Saturn, I, look to, I like to look at them as the avatars of our spiritual journey of becoming more than what we have been made by our mere conditioning from our past successes and failures, which is held by Saturn. Saturn should be held in this context as the planet of reality or what we have made along with our self-limitations. Another astrological name for Saturn is the ring pass knot. And this means that when we move beyond the rings of Saturn, we move into a more sublime place, a realm beyond the seemingly fixed and materialized worlds of the more inner planets. So one way to look at these outer three with regards to our spiritual journey and consciousness is that they operate simultaneously, but also step by step. From a fixed and formed state of belief and knowing, we find ourselves by the activation of Uranus to be shook or shocked from our more limited beliefs and our thought forms. Uranus operates like an electrical discharge or a lightning bolt, and we experience that aha of suddenly seeing something beyond what we had heretofore imagined. Then Neptune comes along as the universal solvent to dissolve the boundaries between one thing, idea, or realm, and another. And so it lifts us to see through to a more inclusive understanding. After we have passed through the necessary state or interregum that we label confusion. Finally, Pluto brings the principle of alchemy, the magic of combination and recombination of birth, death, and rebirth leading to the formation and fusion of a new understanding. So you could say that in many instances in our journey of spirit, we are first shocked out of our certainties by Uranus. Then we move to a state of wonder and confusion by Neptune so that we might finally arrive in a rebirth of our consciousness and meaning at Pluto. Today, for us, the question is, what does Uranus's orbital position contribute to our understanding that we have gathered in my two previous shows on Pluto and Neptune? 
Remember, in the last show, I commented upon that consistent pattern of Pluto's passage through Capricorn every roughly 240 years being counterpointed by Neptune's passage through Pisces, like now, or in Virgo. What is equally fascinating for us currently is this fact, that just as it was in the 1500s and in the 1700s, we also have the planet Uranus moving through the signs of Aries and Taurus in our period too. But here we have something quite extraordinary. The resonance pattern of Pluto in Capricorn corresponding with Neptune in either Pisces or Virgo has held for literally thousands of years. But the orbit of Uranus has formed a pattern of Uranus slowly moving backwards through the signs for each passage of Pluto in Capricorn. So maybe this difference may contribute to our understanding of what we have experienced in our spiritual journey for the past 500 years, which is the fact that Uranus has held steady for the last three passages of Pluto in Capricorn, because Uranus has been in Aries or Taurus for the 1500s, the 1700s, and for our period in the 2000s. But if we look back one time further in the 1200s, it was in Taurus and Gemini. And then in the period prior to that, the 1000s, it was in Gemini and Cancer. And in the 700s, it was in Cancer and Leo, and so on. So for whatever reason, and perhaps this may play a role in how different and distinct our spiritual journey and awakening has been since the 1500s, we may have experienced a consistent, or we have experienced a consistent or insistent messaging with regards to Uranus being in Aries and Taurus. What might this mean? Though many other historical approaches and analyses will try to explain why we have had a rather distinctive or unique historical period since the 1500s, when we consider our history through the lens of an astrological and or spiritual perspective, I firmly believe that this pattern of Pluto and Capricorn with Neptune in Pisces or Virgo combined with Uranus in Aries and Taurus can be very instructive and illuminating for us. What I would argue is with regards to the spiritual journey of humanity and the very real changes we have seen in human self-understanding, the shift in human consciousness and the concomitant evolution of our communities and cultures, we have most certainly witnessed the emergence of a very different kind of human over the past 500 years. The question is, why? We've already discussed somewhat the nature of the shift from the 1500s to the 1700s and then to the present day when we looked at the integral influences of Pluto and Capricorn combined with that of Neptune and either Virgo or Pisces. Now with the addition of Uranus, we can perhaps see why these past 500 years have been so very different from those before. Whereas Neptune will complete one and a half an orbit each time Pluto goes through Capricorn, Uranus will have gone around three times. But as I noted, it will slowly move backwards through the signs in it is in when Pluto returns to Capricorn. What might be so very special about it remaining or holding for the past 500 years in the first two signs while Pluto was in Capricorn? I would argue that we can understand the significance by examining the message of Uranus when it is moving through Aries as focusing its influence 
upon the very nature of the I. Aries rules the experience of who am I? And that equally, we can see that while Uranus is in Taurus, it shakes up the very notion of the second question of life, which is, what am I? While it is true that no matter what sign Uranus is moving through, and it's in each sign for about seven years, its purpose or role is to individualize, individuate, and free that part of our being or nature so that we may continue our spiritual journey of becoming a quintessential being, because our true nature is to become our own very unique spark of the divine. So with this understanding, we could see that Uranus and Aries, during each breakdown of a previous order in structure and meaning, that is by Pluto and Capricorn and Neptune and Virgo or Pisces, would significantly elicit a disturbance and questioning of the very notion of what is this thing that we experience as the I. Many observers have noted that our very notion of subject and object, our manner or attitude by which we think, speak, and write, has changed dramatically as we move through the 1500s and beyond. In fact, many historians posit that modernity itself and the modern sense of the self emerged during that Pluto-Neptune-Uranus cycle in the 1500s. Likewise, Uranus in Taurus elicits or brings shocks to our second most important sense of ourselves and our world. That is the question of what is value? What is our value? And what is a value for us? We can certainly see that by examining the conception of and hierarchy of values that existed prior to the 1500s and then compare that to where we find ourselves today, our experience of value and our and own knowledge of the material worlds and those beyond the material has been totally transformed. Indeed, that very essential construct of the subject versus whatever is the object, the I and the not I, has been transformed from the 1500s down to this very day. For our purposes in examining the spiritual journey of humanity from the 1500s onwards, the main consideration or shift should be experienced in this evolution, revolution in our perspective, our way of seeing ourselves and our understanding of the world around us. What has quite fundamentally driven our history for the past 500 years is the revolution in our consciousness, which is by no means done, of course. As I mentioned in parts one and two of our 2022 overview, the signature shift that has taken place in the last 500 years is in how we think, how we know or think we know. And now that has shaped what dreams we dream and from this, what we think of ourselves and how we live our lives. Before the shocks that began in the 1500s by Uranus and the dissolvings by Neptune and in the renewals of Pluto, we could understand the way of knowing by humans as being derived from one of three approaches or methods. One, for much of human history and for the greatest number of people, there is the understanding established and enforced by authority, 
wherein the answers to life are determined by those who hold position and wield power over the many, whether they be from realms secular or sectarian. And this way of knowing, by force, is still quite prevalent, of course, for far too many souls. Then, for some, there is the fixing of the answers to life by what one wishes to believe to be true, a holding or of or to a point of view and to a reality by sheer determination and often through deliberate or willful ignorance. In effect, one is an authority to oneself, but with no critical or reflective correction possible or sought for. And then there is the approach for some, and which seems somewhat more reasonable, and it is known as a priority reasoning. It is an approach which is formed by assuming that one is being reasonable or that we are being reasonable, and that by using our individual reason, we can form certain assumptions and approaches to what we know, and it seems to work for us but there is no method or practice within this approach that provides for testing or corrections or validation. So by each of us assuming that we are right, and then by our confirmation biases in which we keep the data or experience that confirms what we assumed and ignore the rest, we end up creating a thought reality structure that makes sense to us, but it can be truly nonsensical and even dangerous to ourselves or others. Finally, what emerged in the 1500s was quite extraordinary and exceptional, and this is what I would call a key part of the spiritual transformation brought about via the agency of Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus. A significant element of this awakening forged what we have come to know as a means or process of understanding ourselves and our world called the scientific method. The scientific method is the critical reasoning process whereby we can determine and separate fact from fiction. And it rests upon this most essential quality that our transformational self-awareness created the capacity for us to be self-critical. That gift of self-criticalness is bestowed by our development of having some greater or lesser degree of objectivity, of our being able to observe not just what we may be trying to understand, but to hold ourselves as equally objective about our own perceptions and reasonings too. By this leap in self-awareness, knowledge and truth became something forged and created by our living spirit, that what we know and believe would not be derived by fiat through some authority, nor by ignorant and willful determination, nor by reasoning without critical reflection, the three previously mentioned ways. Now it became possible for knowledge and truth to be determined by a process of greater self-understanding and openness to the wonder of the world around us. We would start, as one must if one seeks to truly know, with the knowledge that we do not know, but we seek to understand. And so we would propose something, a postulate or hypothesis about something, and then by observation and testing, 
and rehypothesizing and more testing. And then the refining of our findings, we could arrive at a conclusion with a reasonable certainty about something. To be able to adopt this method of knowing, we must start from the first and truest position of spirit. That is, just like in the mind of a child, we begin with an open mind, a mind unfilled with assumptions or ideas as such, but rather filled by a curious, inquisitive spirit that seeks to know more about the world and of ourselves. The result over the past 500 years has been an ever-increasing and exponential growth in our knowledge of the world. We unlock the secrets of physics, chemistry, and biology, and so we became like the gods with the protean ability to radically alter our world and ourselves too. The world that was in the that world that was in the 1500s looks nothing like the world we have now, and we are certainly a very different type of human than our ancestors. Yes, it is by this spiritual leap in consciousness we found some of the keys to the universe. We have magnified our powers and extended our range of influence over ourselves and all other life forms on this planet. And herein, we made and met our fate. We discovered a ring of great power, but we did not understand how we should use it or what we would create. This is because, unfortunately, our leap in power was not matched by an equally greater wisdom or a deeper humility. It seems we have become the instruments of our own undoing by harnessing the secrets of the universe. Yes, we face the greatest of perils we have ever faced by our own making because our knowledge was incomplete and the consequences of our actions not fully understood. Moreover, for many, many souls, and truly for most of us to some greater or lesser degree, the other methods of determination of fact and truth or belief still hold sway, either partially or wholly, in our understanding of ourselves and our world. Rather than being filled with curiosity, wonder, and humility, too often many choose to live in certainties founded in and circumscribed by fear. Yes, far, far too many humans place their faith, or really their fear, into some one individual or group of authorities who hold neither truth nor wisdom, but merely their power as the source of meaning. And far too many of us think that we are being reasonable and that we can use our reason on our modern indexes of information to sort the fact from fantasy and be an island of self-formed knowledge, our very own arbiters of truth and reason. And so our fealty to authorities or our egotistical self-assurances blinds us to the living truth that is spirit. Because our foundation of understanding from the very beginning of our awakening has been anchored in this fundamental principle of our human knowing, which is that we are social beings and we need one another to find our way to what is reasonable 
to what, it, what may be factual and perhaps even true. Our very word for this, consciousness, means together knowing, which quite simply means that if we do not share with one another and tell our stories and listen to one another, we will be lost upon the raging seas of misunderstandings. That is why we need to help one another to find our way out of our confusion and fear, simply being there for one another. We must listen. We need to offer support and comfort to provide insight and criticism, and we must equally be eager to receive it too. We are one another's means to the truth, whose fundamental source is to be found in the one or unconditional love. More than many may know or understand, we make what we are and what we will be by how we think, by what we think and what we share with one another. To that end, I will leave you with some words from a very wise one, Manly Palmer Hall, who wrote in his book, Self-Unfoldment by Disciplines of Realization, this. Let your realization through all this time be that simply, naturally, gently, normally, and happily, you are growing up through the many to the one and that you are accomplishing this through the gradual processes of discovering as a series of joyous experiences the one in each of the many. Realization is the conscious understanding of the unity of life and of the unity of the living self with the deathless cause which abides in the innermost parts of the world. Be patient, and in all things be kind, and time and eternity will be patient and kind through you. Okay. Um, I know you're all there, and I need to take a sip of tea here to wet my whistle and catch my breath. <laughs> and uh, I, I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, some of these talks, I really, uh, I really think a lot, long and hard about it, and try to compose something that I hope is helpful and instructive and uh, confirming uh, for you all and for me. Um, and uh, I, I have. I, I really enjoy doing it, and I thank you for, for listening. Okay, so um, let me see who we have here, and I will uh, begin calling on you one after the other. Uh, and again, as I do so, um, I ask that you please um, uh, to please um, uh, 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 give me your name. Uh, I'll say what area codes you're calling from. Uh, give me your name, and I will uh, then talk, ask you whatever your question may be, and you can come in with a question, or you can come in with a question about your chart or someone else's chart, whatever you want to do. And if you do that, please give me um, at least a birth date and a place of birth and a time of birth if you have that. So 
Let me see. Let's pick on somebody who's been holding here a while. Um, and you're on with Bill. I've got to click here. There you are. And interesting area code. So it's not an area code. It's 111. So I don't know who this is. <laughs> but, but let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, I have to click here. There we go. Okay. Sorry. And there we go. 111. You're on with Bill. Who's this? Hello? Are you there? Uh, I don't know. I am, nobody's there, so I'm going to pause that person and put them on mute and go to the next person. Okay, let's try this person. Um, here we go. Okay, you're on with Bill, area code 530. Who's this? Hi, Bill. This is Annie. Hello. Oh, hi, Annie. How are you? Good. That was so beautiful. Um you have Thank you. such a gift of articulating how your heart feels about the earth and the stars and the humans and our journey, and that was just gorgeous. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and I finally think I'm beginning to figure things out, which is what's happening here. So <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm a slow, I'm a very slow learner, but I'm beginning to pull it all together. Uh, which just definitely feels great. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I guess I guess so that's why I, I rose my hand because yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I love that feeling of oh, it's going to come together. It really will. <laughs> so I was wondering if there's yeah. anything in my chart that's supporting me with this, or maybe challenging me with what the planetary alignment is right now and where we are in our consciousness and the planet. Oh, okay, sure, sure. Um, well, as you know, I always my shorthand is to just dive right in and look at where's where's that progressed moon in a person's chart and where's that Saturn in a person's chart and and actually for you they're they're in opposite houses right now, which is always an interesting juxtaposition, and they'll sort of maintain that looping through the chart roughly for many many years. Um, and the moon is always where we're trying to be asked to be flexible and open to making changes in our life. And it's been for the last year and a half for you and another 10 months to go. It's been in your house of community and fellowship and our dreams and how do our dreams come true. Um, and, and so we realized that we couldn't do anything without one another and we need to be with people who are, are dreaming somewhat the same dream we are that the variations because then our fulfillment and happiness will be met in one another and in that collaboration and in our fellowships and communities, we will create the better place we want to be in. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, your Saturn, Saturn for you is moving through your fifth house, which is the house of personal creativity and stretching oneself into better performances in terms of leadership uh, and activity, whereby I, I do stretch myself into a new role, a better role of my own self-realization. But of course, what would a self-realization matter if there wasn't, in a sense, an audience or a purpose that it was directed <laughs> towards? So these, these two realms are really held together that I... I want to be myself, but I want people to see myself and to appreciate that self as I appreciate them. So this is the messaging in your chart right now is to hold this together, that I am, as much as I'm dreaming of a great dreams, the dreams I share with many others, as much as I want to be myself and be seen for who I am, I know I must do this for others too, to have that happen for me. Mm-hmm. 
Was that fairly clear? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I guess it, it justifies what I'm doing so that if I second guess it, I'm like, the, the reason why you're doing this and being of service and having Zooms with people <laughs> um, talking about <laughs> spiritual things is because it does no good if you just do it in the house by yourself. <laughs> so yeah, um, right. and to again, share like I, what's like coming said, through all... spirit, yeah, with others. Um, I guess the struggle I'm feeling is is finding like-minded dreamers that that aren't just clients and people who do that are like personal friends that are people I can actually um, sink my teeth into rather than just an audience. Well, yeah, in terms of it's been very challenging of since COVID to build those communities in real ways and physical ways because we're all stuck in this mode of semi to greater isolation at times. Um, but that is what's really needed is that I need to find my people in whatever way I can, given the circumstances I'm in. Um, but building those better communities requires really getting into them and being with them and doing things with them that are meaningful sharing in those activities. So I'm sure that will be more of that now as, as things hopefully improve here for one and all with that. Yeah. But yes, that's I mean, Reminder, yeah. yeah, we're here to serve, you know, and you're definitely here to serve with Virgo rising and Saturn in your sixth house. So if you're on the path of service, you're definitely doing what you came in to do. Yeah. Thank you so much for all your love. I appreciate it. <laughs> sure. It was great talking to you and stay in touch. You I'll too. talk to you later. Okay. 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 Bye for now. Okay. Bye. All right. Hi. Um, and let's see. Someone else has been holding on quite some time here. Okay. You're on with Bill, area code 305. Hello? Hi, Bill. This is Deanna. How are Hello? you? Hello? Thank you. Oh, I can't, I can't hear you too well. Who's this? I can't hear you. What? Okay, Deanna. Deanna. Oh, hi, Deanna. Deanna. Hi. Yeah. Are you able to hear me now? Sound very distant still. I don't know what it's on your speakerphone or something. It's not as loud as it, I, you know. Yes, I can make you out, but not not my, so clear. I, it's my phone. It's Diana. Okay. Diana. Okay, and what? And, and yeah, I I I know it's Diana. I just I know it's it's hard to hear you because it's a little. I'll turn up my volume on mine. Maybe I can hear you better. So so what can I do for you, Diana? Um. Thank you, first of all, for your uh, teaching, which is wonderful always. Um, I am worried about where to live, and you had told mm-hmm. me that after the 19th of January, you could see it more clearly. Right. Okay. Um, let me see what I was saying there. So what we have... Well, we know we've had in your chart for quite some time. That's that same thing about where's that progressed moon, where's that Saturn is going to be critical. And in your case, it's the opposite of what was happening for Annie in that the moon and Saturn are in opposite places. For you, they're marching through the same house together, really on top of one another, which is another way it can line up at times. And that means everything is focused in one thing in your chart is that what you're 
what you're trying to do is create a life that makes sense and have a balance in your life of, of a meaningful life in terms of that it's possible to live it, meaning there's a balance of activity and rest and work and play and the means to live are all in place. And that also obviously comes out of how what we've been doing for some time to bring that about. But often when either the moon or Saturn's going through this house, the sixth house of health and healing, we will experience difficulties and challenges. And it also carries the title of being the house of suffering. And we all of us have gone through in various ways periods of suffering and ask why, why must I suffer? And there's no good answer other than the universe is saying to us, we are only suffering because our life as such as we've made it or lived it both now and in past lives has created these conditions causing this dislocation or disharmony. And we're learning now to correct that. So basically this is a time of healing and this period of healing that's been quite prolonged. I know you've been in this for more than a year, year and a half, almost really two years now, has got another year to go. Um, and so in a way, we're here, to, we're here to learn and grow. And sometimes we're, we're put into very extreme circumstances to make that possible or make that happen. And it doesn't seem fair to anyone who's going through something like that. Um, but one, one develops spiritual qualities uh, in, terms, uh, in, in terms of one's nature that will be there for many lifetimes to come when one goes through a very long period of privation or difficulty, which is what you are going through now. Um, yeah. Now, the reason, the reason why I said it looks like it's going to turn, I would believe, is that we did, we had Mercury also retrograding in this house, and Mercury's about to turn direct, but that's, I said, a couple days away. It's on the 3rd of February, so there may be some more forward motion in this area and more information coming about how I can try to rebalance my life and have a more sustainable life at this time. Um, that's the mess. Basically when Mercury's retrograde, things get delayed and, and, and we have to wait, uh, for the message or for the next action to happen. So there is some kind of change of direction, progress or forward progress being made but I would say it's more the end of this week and beyond that you would see that happening, okay? Okay. Any love in the, in the horizon? Well, you, you did have and will have for the whole of this year um, the planet Jupiter moving through your seventh house, which is the house of relationship. And more than just love, that means just generally that to the extent that I have in my recent past and even far past helped others, even little kindnesses or considerations in my life, little acts of kindness. Now that's returned to me and people will bring me blessings or help that I've earned because of giving in my, in the past. And so this is a time where doors will open to other people and therefore I need to, as much as I can make myself available to other people so they can return the favor, so to speak, in, in, not directly, but indirectly. Um, we put our good energy to someone, it comes back to us through someone else, but the energy returning. And so generally speaking, there is good fortune in your life right now when it comes to people you 
connect to people who you seek out for help and get help from. You're just being given back the help that you gave at another time in your life, okay? Thank you so much, Bill. Please leave me on. I want to listen. You, and I send you a okay, big sure. hug, you and your wife both, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you. We need the big hug. It's very cold here today. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's freezing in New York. <laughs> thank you. Okay, see you later. Thank you. Uh, okay, sure. Okay, uh, let's see. Who else? If I can see who's been holding on for some time here. Um, let's try, choose this person. Hi, you're on with Bill. It's area code 203. Um, who's this? Hi. Hello? Hi. Hi. Thank you. I didn't think I'd get on because I disconnected myself three times. This is Pat. In oh, no. <laughs> oh, hi, Pat. How are you? Hi. Good. Um, hi. I was, Good. I was, this is something I think about often, and I was in the shop the other day talking to um, a young mother. And if it's okay, I'm going to give you my granddaughter's birthday, who's three, three and a half, almost four. My, what okay. we were talking about, what we were talking about is the effect of COVID on these kids. Um, and she had the mm, same story yeah. as, as, as me. <laughs> the kids who are very intelligent are driving their parents crazy because they're with them all the time. And yes. well, my, 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 my son and his wife work at home and anyway, so you understand what I'm saying. And I've been wondering sure. all along what's happening to these young children. Maybe it's great, maybe whatever. So her birthday is March 2018 in Brooklyn, New York at 619 uh-huh. in the morning. 619. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, Hold on. I got just, I was in the wrong field and I lost it. So let me just put this here. Okay. At you may, 619 you may in the. Yeah, oh, I do? Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just put it in here. 619 in, in the morning, and that's March 30th, 2018 in Brooklyn. Right. Okay. Right. Sorry. Uh, and let's go here. Okay. Brooklyn. Okay. Um, well, yeah, it, it is a, it is a, challenging yet fascinating question in, in terms of both, obviously different countries around the world have different setups for how they dealt with this but in terms of our country and the challenge of of what has been you know our evolving isolation in terms of no longer having extended families and grandparents and all, and all these people not being available so that taking care of children becomes more and more difficult for these parents even two parents or one parent families and then all of a sudden be thrown into COVID and the child is not going to school and all those kind of things. Uh, the pressures have been extraordinary, but we would have to say, you know, whatever comes along, whatever, whatever historical period we're in, the humans at that period were going to be obviously affected by that. And we would hope given the human spirit and the living spirit respond accordingly as adding to their, their, talents and abilities through these challenges. It, it seems to be harmful, but in the end, we know there can be great good that comes out of living with challenges, sure. but also we want to try to try to correct or, or soften the blows in terms of any traumas that might come. So it, it varies. Um, certainly for this child, um, they were born with their moon in Virgo, that sign of health and healing and adjustment, and it's in their sixth house of health and healing. So their, their chart indicates from the very inception point that at some critical phase in their journey, 
they'd be in a kind of order or structure of their life, and then it would be lost or wouldn't make sense. And they would try to find a way back to that sense of peace and right alignment um, as a result. And so it, it, you might say this is their first instance of experiencing there was an order, there was a regularity to my life and the way it functioned, and then it changed. And oh my goodness. And so rather than coming, becoming habituated to that things never change or change very little, this child now is more primed to understand that if I'm going to be at peace, I've got to look for it from within is <laughs> going to be the message. And I can create an order yeah. around my life for some time, but it's never for all time. Certainly the combination of being an Aries, which this child is with the moon in Virgo is one of the sharpest and most intelligent ones we have because <laughs> Aries is yeah. Aries is very headstrong and driven, but they can be yeah. as that way and too enthusiastic and fritter away their energies. But Virgo provides focus and methodology and being analytical and observant. And so you get the best of both worlds here. I mean, Aries Virgo is just like they blow you away in terms of how sharp and, and quick but, but adept they are. Um, so it's, 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 it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. Um, but I'm sure, for, like for all of us, there has been great loss and difficulty and suffering um, with this experience and certainly um, the social side because Saturn's been going um, through this child's 11th house of friendship and companionship. And that's where um, there has been this, how do one, how do we do this when we can't get together? How do we remain friends or build new friendships? Obviously it's going to be, has been very, very difficult. Uh, but again, she's at an early stage of all that still. Um, yeah. But that would be my, that would be my take. Yeah. It, she okay. she started uh, she started pre-K, and like mm-hmm. other children and the mother I was talking to, they don't want much to do with the other kids. In fact, um, mm-hmm. my granddaughter was saying to her parents, "What's all this school school? What's all this school 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 stuff?" And I think um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm thrilled that she's with her parents. It's like the, in, in my time. Um, a lot of children did not go to daycare. They were, you know, with their parents. And I'm I'm glad that she's got this experience with her parents. Um, I just, you know, in general, it's going to be a different experience for them. And she just basically doesn't know anything different. So her parents are her playmates and um, sure. is constantly, uh, constantly wanting to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is. You know, um, back in the day, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> for thousands of years, humans, they, they carried the children with them as they went hunting and gathering right. and the child was helping and, and, and working in the fields. And so we, we, had this, we have this notion of what is the right way of having a family where for much of human existence, um, we had these extended bands and groupings and multiple relatives of different generations all together. That was the norm, and we've been going through this right. extraordinarily short period where we've changed all that, and yes. how has that changed us? That's a question. And then having this kind of experience, how does that change us? Well, humans, we are very plastic, and we are very adaptable, but obviously it does shape and change us. Um, and I'm sure we'll see ongoing echoes of this period cascading down through this generation for the rest of their time on Earth, sure. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Uh, Another thing is in evaluation, uh, they were saying that um, 
she only wants to play with daddy, they said, you're a friendly player, meaning he does what she wants, which is she wouldn't be learning that <laughs> if she was socializing with kids, you know. So it's, right, yeah, exactly. What what, yeah, what you're talking about is her having to adjust is absolutely true. And thank you for um, telling me a little bit about her. I do tell my son that she's smarter than the both of them, and she really is. She's so sharp. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she's sharp. Okay, good. Well, yeah. great thank to hear so from you. Thank you so much. And I'll, uh, sure, talk I'll talk to you, to you again. Okay. Thanks. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay. Um Let's see who else we have here. Um, uh, there's a person who's been holding on quite a long time, I think. I'm trying to tell. Hi, you're on with Bill. Area code's 917. Who's this? Hello? Hello. Bill? Yes, you're on with Bill. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I can it's hear you. Alex. <laughs> okay. Who's this? This is Alex, 620-1968. Oh, hi. Hi. I know you. Yes. How are hi. you doing? I'm good. good. How are you? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. It's not like it, 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 in Florida. It's freezing. It's well. It's a it's a, it's a relative experience, of course, for all of us at any time, but especially in times like this, you know. And uh, but yes, it's it's very cold here in New York, and so we're we're, we're huddling together trying to get warm. <laughs> but but that's what happens in the Northeast in the wintertime. And you're down in Florida, so I have no sympathy for you whatsoever. Um. But it's 33 <laughs> degrees here. Well, see, see, it does get down there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good. Good All right, for you. So, so what can I do for you today? <laughs> tell you what's happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me see what's happening. Um, a quick, well, you know, over here. A quick, a quick. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, you, you've got one more year here of Saturn moving through your 12th house, which began really probably in 2020 and 21 and 22. Um, so for these three years, um, you're ending the life you'd lived for the last 29 years. You're summing up your life, finishing off a, a, a chapter. And, and of course, as you do that, as you collect all those fruits and the, pull out the seeds, you're getting ready to start a new life most likely in 2023, but I'd have to check it for sure. But that's my guess looking at this physically just on the screen here. And so basically we're looking back to the to whatever you've done 29 years ago when you last began to address the first question of life, which is who are you? And so before you can start a new you basically and build it in for many years, this is the time when you reap what you've sown and face the consequences, both wonderful and, oh, that was great, and less wonderful, but boy, did I learn things. So it's all good in the end is the message. The thing is to not judge oneself, but to see that all these things that I did made me what I am. And some of the worst things were really the most important things that made me and helped me grow. So I can let go of the pain, thank it for its service, realize I'm a better person now, as I move into this next phase of my life. So um, it's a very metaphysical, spiritual time in a person's life. And whether they realize it or not, they, they're getting ready for the next great move in their life into a new form, a new identity. Okay? 
Mm-hmm. So is that, so I know it's in the 12th house and I know that <clears throat> my Saturn, I was, my natal Saturn's in the second house. So do I, does that mean I should have to go through this tiny little first house I have before I go into my Saturn return? Yes, or right. Yes, Saturn will be in your first house. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Saturn goes in your first house. You're trying to figure out that question I was talking about earlier. Who am I, you know? Um, right. But your question, of course, with Saturn in your second house, your eternal question is really always been the question, what am I? You know, what do I have? What are my strengths? And how, where are my weaknesses? And how do I rise above those? And has been the eternal question for you is that question of value, and what I, how I create value from the value I have and how I use value. And so you would have been tested in terms of your physical strengths and your moral strength, all the different qualities and strengths in your life. In the end, you'd realize the point was that I'm priceless. Of course, we all are. <laughs> but, 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 but at first you're tested there. But before you can get tested yeah. in terms of the what am I, you have to first begin to form this new sense of who am I what, and what image or what name am I going to call myself now and then consider what backs it up in terms of the substance or value of it. That will come not for several years. You'll okay. be in that first house for at least the next three, four years. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what I, I yeah. So let me ask you one more quick yeah. question. I'm sorry. I don't want to take up your time. Sure. And you touched on it sure, with sure. the lady you were speaking with previously. So I think that my Saturn return, I'm sorry, I'm so obsessed with it. It's going to be in my 11th house. Is that correct? Can you tell that? No, 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 no. So your Saturn will remain your whole life in your second house, and Saturn will return to your second house when it's going through the sign of Aries. It's going to finish going through Aquarius, uh, through, through Aquarius and move into Pisces and then right. into Aries. So you've got, a, you've got several years, um, you know, a good four or five years before you have your Saturn return. It happens around age 59 or so. Okay. Um, so, so you got a ways to go yet. You know, don't don't rush it. <laughs> oh no, I don't believe me. When I went through it the first time, but I thought, see, when I went through it the first time, I think I was told it was going through my sixth house. So you know, that's when I had all the health issues. So I'm just wondering, you know, I don't understand well, that. Well, gee, personally. I don't, I, 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 I don't understand that either because I'm looking at your chart. So <laughs> okay. they were using a yeah, different uh, understanding of that. That's okay. Um, and I could look at your chart and see what's going on at that first one. And maybe it, maybe it was your progressed moon was going through the success that time. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. But trust we'll me, your Saturn, return will be, your, your Saturn is, is in your second house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. Okay. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I hope you stay warm. Thank you so much for all that you do always, and thank you for these gems you give us as well. Okay. Thank you, Alex. Be well and stay warm too too. in Florida. (laughs) You too. Okay. 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 Bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see. Um, Who else do we have here? Um, I want to try to call on people, and I don't want to make a mistake in calling people more than once here. Because uh, that wouldn't be fair. Um, let's see, who is this person? Let's try this person. Hello, you're on with Bill, and your code's 928, I think it is. Yeah, 928. Hello? Good morning, Bill. This is Catherine Rourke. Hi, Catherine. It's- How are you? Hello. Good morning, Bill. Wonderful. Uh, actually, I wasn't calling to have you read anything because you've 
pulled me up a couple of times, and I don't want to okay. hog your brilliance. Uh, I actually <laughs> have a friend who's been dying to connect with you, and she's on hold, area code 808. And being of service, I would gladly defer as much as I'd love I, to oh, connect oh. with you. Okay, is it 808? Okay, but is she 808 and then, because I've got more than one, is it 808-800, do you know, if that's what it is? Yes, uh, she is uh, 808-800-1939, and she's always... I've got it. I will will call on her right now, okay? And that's very nice of you to give your space up. Oh, so thank you I, and I, many I'll, blessings. I'll, <laughs> okay, Catherine, I'll speak, speak to you again. Okay, let me go to thank this person. You. Okay, yep, okay. Um, and put you on hold. Okay, there we go. Hello, 808, it's Bill Atride calling. Uh, are you there? Yes, this is Maria. Can you hear yes. me? Hi there. I can oh, hear I you, wanna... Maria. Catherine, thank you so much. She's got me in tears for doing this. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. And I sure, also want to sure, thank sure. you for being such a wonderful navigator of the stars and the universe. And the universe well, loves you. you for it. Oh, well, thank you. The universe wants <laughs> okay. all, right? Uh, yes, okay. it is. Uh, so, what can, so, Maria, what can I do for you? Okay, I'm April 10th, 1955, Mm -hmm. Duncan, Oklahoma, 1.55 p.m. Okay, 1.55 p.m. And you say where in Oklahoma? Duncan, Oklahoma. It's near Oklahoma City. Okay, Duncan, Oklahoma. Okay. (laughs) I've got it. I've got it. There we go. Okay, so there you are. You're uh, just, just... April 10th, 1955, you're in Aries yeah. with the moon just in Scorpio, and then you have Leo rising. Okay, so we've got yeah. you here. So what can, I, what can I do for you, Maria? I'd like to kind of see what are some of my major transits coming up. I'm sure. expecting some changes in my life, but I want to see what's happening. Okay. Well, again, what I always do is I look at both the progressions and transits to get a feel, the progressed moon and then the the Saturn transiting is the two big ones usually. And for you right now, well, they're both about to change positions in a significant way. Uh, That is that we have to divide the chart up into sort of the four quadrants, the rising sign, setting sign, nadir and, okay. and and midheaven it's the four it's the four corners i like to call it the four cardinal points and right now saturn has been for the last several years moving through your sixth house which is the house of order lifestyle health and healing and it's going to move in the next very short while into your seventh house which is the house of relationships and partnerships and that means and that means that significant developments are about to start taking place or you're already beginning to manifest in my experience of relationship in my life. And therefore, I need to be really on point now looking at all my current relationships and seeing which ones are in need of some degree of self-improvement and adjustment. And I have to be that change. 
but also be ready and willing and able to acknowledge there's new relationships coming along that I could now move into that would be quite significant. And if I'm in a relationship that is not what it could have been or was and how it's fallen upon harder times and we cannot repair it, it could be a time when a relationship finally is relinquished or let go. Um, okay. So serious changes are, are ahead in relationship. And in sort of a sim- similar footing, your progress moon, having spent the last couple of years moving through your ninth house of truth as you reexamine how I know what I know, what do I believe, how I explain my story to myself, and it's helping you to decide where to go from here because it's about direction. Now, beginning in July 2022, your moon progresses into your 10th house, the highest point of the chart, and now you have to consider your destiny, consider your your path ahead and whether I should stay on this path I'm on or now I see a better path to move towards or now I have to end my path and begin another one altogether. So you're one of those moments, Maria, where two of your angles and the chart, so to speak, are being activated at the same time. It's all about your identity, about my relationships and my purpose and path. And so big changes are coming or are moving and are already maybe already present, but certainly going to become even more physically present in your life during this coming period that you're now entering. Okay. Um, does it last? Well, Saturn will be in your seventh house for the next three years. Um, mm-hmm. And the moon will be in your 10th house, that house of path and purpose also for the next two plus years. So both of them are activated for this length of time. Um, those are the things that are obvious to me. Right away we can see this, this happening, that you're um, going to this change. Uh, another, another element of that I imagine would be, if I, look at the, if I look at all the transits taking place in your chart, other things that are happening here. Let me just up and down the list here. Um, let me just scan it, and then I can. I mean, there was quite a shakeup last year too, in terms of your position. I would imagine, oh. but uh, yeah. um, I mean, last year was more <laughs> in, in twenty into twenty in twenty to twenty one. But twenty one, you went. That's that was the planet Uranus coming into your tenth house. Your your life went through an earthquake. Um, exactly, and that's partly why now you're considering this change in relationships, probably, and also looking at the path ahead because what had been the the path or the alignment of my life went through a quite a, a bolt out of the blue or a shock or surprise came along that shook things up. Yeah. Okay. And I'm trying yeah. to got all kinds of ideas and I but I'm trying to figure out my new destiny. Is there any inklings in there? <laughs> Well, I mean, I'd have, I'd have to get to know you more to talk about that, I suppose. Yeah, um, but but, cer- but certainly, yeah, but certainly, I would think that you've been you've been trying to clarify what I you know this yeah. this house of truth, what you believe, what your okay. what your story is, is really important to you because you've got your son in the ninth house. You've always been searching for the truth. Uh, and trying mm-hmm. to share your truth or understanding with the world around you. Uh, and now you're coming to another pivotal moment where opportunities may manifest to do that in some 
some new way or some continuing way, but in a better way for yeah. you. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you okay. so much, Bill. I'll be talking <laughs> to you soon. You're very welcome. Okay, good. Okay, go tell your story. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you, Catherine. Yes. Okay, okay, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Um, all right, so I'm going to uh, shut down for now, but probably come back in the next week or two and continue our look at the stars and consider what's happening up there as it influences or guides us down here. I want to wish you all the very best. I hope you're all warm and cozy, too, in this cold blast we're having in much of the country. And I'll talk to you later. Bye for now.